Hey, what's up, church? Welcome to Midweek Online. My name is Corey O'Neill. I'm on staff here at New Beginnings, and this is Pastor Joe and Pastor Joya. And tonight, we are having a little conversation about the topic of pioneering again. This conversation comes out of this problem that we are seeing in the church. Uh, there are disruptions, as we know, the whole year of 2020 has been one gigantic disruption with the pandemic and the shutdown. And honestly, and I'll be the first one to admit, for me, for myself and many other people, it feels like we're going through the motions sometimes in life. Uh, sometimes it feels like, you know, I'm showing up to work just to get a paycheck. Or maybe for you, it just, it feels like I'm living life where there is just no mission in, in the foresight. And so, that's what we wanna talk about today. We wanna to address that. And we wanna talk about what a pioneer is. I have the definition of a pioneer right here. It is a person who is among the first to explore or settle a new country or area. Isn't that amazing? Let me read that one more time. Pioneer, a, a person who is among the first to explore or settle a new country or area. And the church needs those. Jesus said in Matthew 28, this is, our, this is the great commission, this is our mission. It was the mission for the disciples in Jesus' day and it's for us today. In Matthew 28, Jesus came and spoke to them, the disciples saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's our mission. Amen. That's what we're keeping at the forefront of our, of our lives. That's what I need to keep at the forefront of my mind when I feel like I'm just going through the motions. And so we need the spirit of a pioneer. That's what we're talking about tonight. We have tonight with us, Pastor Joya, who is a true pioneer. Uh, What's your background, Pastor Joy? Can you talk about your experience? Sure. How did you come to the Lord? How did you get to know Pastor Joe? And um, what were some of the pioneers that maybe might have uh, influenced your life? Okay, well, my, uh, my life started back in Jersey City. I uh, went to a Catholic school, a local Catholic school. Nuns taught us, uh, you know, from the catechism that God can do all things. Nothing is hard or impossible for God. So I was a young kid. I just believed that. I just believed that. God can do anything. So uh, <clears throat> later on in life, uh, my father uh, became born again. He went to a, a local church, and he was looking for something a little deeper because we used to watch Roy Roberts as a family on TV, and he saw these, all these miracles going on. So we naturally believed that because my background taught me, the nuns taught us, that God can do everything. Amen. So it was just natural for us to believe that. And uh, my father was very intrigued by that, and he always was searching for that. Now, going back, uh, when he was young, his mother died, and he was sent to New York with his relatives, and he went to an Italian Pentecostal church with his aunts who were taking care of him, and he went there for three or four years. Never known the influence, but they liked him so much, they cared about him so much that even when he left to go back with his dad and his, the rest of his family, they always prayed for him. When he got born again, and uh, he was in his 40s, mid-40s, they all came from Brooklyn or Bronx, I forget which one. I always get them too confused. But anyway, uh, they came over to you know congratulate him, to talk to him, to give him a little more uh, experience in his new birth experience as, as a Christian. 
So uh, I would be listening, and this was all fascinating to me. You know, I never heard some of this stuff. Well, he did find a church in Newark, New Jersey, where the, the, the minister operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he used to come home and he used to tell us about it. So I was getting, you know, intrigued about it. I want to see this. So I said, can I go with you someday, Dad? He said, yeah, sure, come. That was music to his ears because he, he wanted everyone to get born again. Well, I didn't know what was going to happen tonight, but as the minister was speaking, he had an altar call. And uh, I remember I had, I think, 3 or $4 on me. And I just felt compelled to give everything I had in my wallet into the thing. And I had no money the rest of the week, but, you know, uh, God put me through it. And it was no problem. God supplies. Anyway, uh, later on he had the altar call. I went up front. I was one of them, maybe 20 people up front. And uh, he started pointing to us. He said, I want you. And as soon as he said that, I knew he was going to call me. And I don't know how, how I, I just knew it. And he, yes, he called on me. He said, I want you to stay. So when he finally got to me, he was praying for each individual. He, he said, uh, when you run, I, I used to play football. I was a halfback. And he said, you get pains on your right side. And I said, yeah. I said, my father and mother didn't know that. I never told him I was afraid that they would say, go to the hospital, get operated on, and all that stuff. I didn't want no operations. Anyway, uh, my wish came true. <laughs> so uh, he says, you'll never have that pain again. He put his hand on my head and prayed for me. And he had this habit. He's a Pentecostal holiness. They had this little container about the size of this bottle with a little tip on the top. And he put it on my head. And uh, well, I was a big or hair was a big thing with Italian boys. <laughs> so you know, I messed with my hair. And I, that's when I had it. And anyway, he, he prayed for me, and it felt like a, a lightning bolt went through me. It didn't hurt me, but I felt so light. And, and, and he looked at me and he says, you'll never, you'll never have that pain again. And he says, you'll never be happy unless you're serving the Lord. Wow. I said, serving the Lord? I mean, that was the furthest thing from my mind. You know, I was just glad that I got born again. I didn't understand that either. But the next day when I got up, I, it was an amazing experience because I, I, I was with a kind of a, a rough neighborhood gang, you know. They, they weren't the, uh, the nicest guys in the world, let's say. And uh, we had bad language, you know. We'd use bad language. The next day, I went to say uh, something bad, and I got sick to my stomach when I said oh. it. I could not say it. Then I noticed, too, as I was walking to go to the bus to go to, to school, I was looking at trees, and I said, wow, that's a really nice tree there. I could care less about a tree the day before. But all of a sudden, nature became like a more alive to me. I a was new creation. It became yeah, a new creation. creation. Yeah, yeah, a new creation. And I didn't understand what was going on the inside, and I started getting a little nervous about that, you know, but then I realized it was because I, I made a, a commitment to God. So later on, uh, my father, when he told his uh, family, his, he had seven sisters, they all turned against them. And he had three brothers. They thought he was all crazy, you know. But every time something went wrong in the family, he was the oldest uh, brother. They would call Uncle Frank because Uncle Frank was the man who went to church and prayed. One time my, uh, my nephew, um, Chucky, was hit by a car. He ran into the side of a Buick a Roadmaster right near his house. And he ended up in the hospital, uh, and he was in a coma. So my, my Aunt uh, Kitty called up and says, Frank, Frank, Please go up and see Chucky. He's he's he might die. He's, he's you know he had a uh, a real bad head injury. So he went to the medical center, in Jersey City. The nurse said, oh, "Excuse me, you can't go in there. 
He says, I can. He says, what I have to do is more important than what you're doing. And that's just the way he said it. He was a very bold person, not being sarcastic. Mm -hmm. He just knew that he had to go in to see Chucky. So he went in, he laid hands on him. She said, I'll give you five minutes. He laid hands. As soon as he put his hand on his head, his eyes started fluttering, and he woke up. And my father, my father talked to him for a few minutes, and he went out and he told the nurse, okay, you can go in now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the way he was. He was just a bold person. And uh, he went in, and it, 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 my father's telling us, he says, the nurse said, who is that man? You know, like, like yeah. what did he do that we couldn't do? And it was prayer. Uh, he had the faith to believe that, that God could heal the, the boy, and he, and he did, and he's alive today. So, so uh, these miraculous healings, like, there wasn't a whole lot of this going on in churches no, in your area. No. So can you talk about your life of pioneering mm-hmm. as one of those people that, that was bringing what, what influenced you? to go and influence others. Can you talk okay. about that? Especially here in this area. Especially yes. here in this Because to area. me, you're one of the pioneers of the charismatic mm-hmm. movement, yeah. the word of faith movement, especially in this local area here. Right. When you, I, were, you were connected with everybody that really accomplished anything here in this area. Well, in 1974, mm-hmm. we moved from Elizabeth, New Jersey, down to Bricktown. And my sister lived here, so that was... I knew somebody in the area. She lived about six blocks from me. She belonged to a charismatic, uh, Catholic charismatic prayer group in Holy Family over on uh, 526. And uh, she invited me to the meeting one night. And uh, I said, wow, this is almost like going to dad's church. Uh, you know, charismatics, you know, they they sing, they, they worship God from the heart. Uh, they read I, the Bible. If I could take a moment to explain, some people might not understand what we mean by charismatic. Is that movement that came out of... Um, Notre Dame. Yeah, it started in predominantly in the Catholic yeah. in the Catholic Church. It yeah, started it amongst the Jesuits out in Pittsburgh in that area in Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, and that hit about mid-60s, 1967. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. kind of coincided with the time that Jerusalem was recaptured and brought back mm-hmm. into Israel. In the June War. You'll notice that throughout history, that when God does something in Israel, he'll also do something in the church, especially in the past 100 years. And so the charismatic movement was a revival of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, which there were churches, evangelical churches, um, even Pentecostal churches, and that movement started in the early 1900s. And they had kind of settled into um, kind of a normalcy and routine. But then in the the 60s, there had been people that were praying to see uh, a resurgence of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the charismatic movement hit with full force. I believe it was in June of 1967, that summer there. And it started amongst, again, like I said, the Jesuits. But what was different about this movement is that the charismatic movement spread very quickly from the Catholic Church and went into the denominational churches where Methodists were starting to experience that, Lutherans. And that had a direct effect on this local area here. Yes. By the time you came on the scene in the 1970s here, that, that was yeah. about 10 years before I got born again. Yeah. Uh, you saw the beginnings of this movement start to affect this area here. Yes, we, uh, we went to uh, the Charismatic Prayer Group and I was, uh, made friends with a good friend of mine who was involved in it too. And uh, we started showing Christian movies to draw more people to the prayer group so more people can get saved and influenced yeah. you know, by what the Bible says about uh, you know, you must be born again. 
So uh, that that was successful. And then later on, uh, we had our days changed, and that kind of threw a, a monkey wrench into it. And people started leaving because they couldn't make that night, and we started going to all different churches, you know. Plus, it wasn't really looked upon favorably either. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. The charismatic good. movement was looked upon in the beginning, was, like maybe these are heretics or yeah. yeah. You know, getting off in doctrine and stuff, but yes. but it was not. It definitely was not. It was coming very popular. So that that caused people to start now forming their own churches and their own groups yes. and stuff. Yeah. And so we had that. My sister would talk about the uh, song of Solomon's Porch, that mm -hmm. prayer group, and uh, they had another group uh, was uh, started by Dima Shikarian from Armenia and came to California. Successful dairy farmer. And he had the full gospel businessmen's fellowship. And once a month, they'd invite a guest speaker. We'd have a dinner. And then the speaker would get up and speak. And then they'd have, afterwards, he would pray for people. Pray, you yeah. know, uh, salvation call, uh, pray for healing. And that was very successful. A lot of people too. that are in ministry today and ended up in ministry during those decades yeah. afterwards, a lot of them had their roots in the full gospel businessmen's yes. association. Yeah. It's not as prevalent today as it was years ago because you know it happens. There's movements that come and they mm -hmm. they come to a crescendo and then they kind of like go back and then there's another wave coming behind that. But they were very instrumental, especially with major leaders in this area. Some who are still in the ministry today. Every month, so that yeah. was the ministry that you were involved <clears throat> in. Yeah, we like we once a month and uh, we had uh, one leader uh, at the time and he we would meet you know, uh, once or twice a, a month, uh, just as a group to talk about who the next guest speaker was going to be. I had some really good guest speakers and uh, a lot of local people, uh, Ralph Frieda, Pastor Healy, Anthony Storino, uh, myself, uh, Bob Johnson. It was, it was a, a group of men uh, that met all went to full gospel. We were very influenced by that. And later on, uh, Bob uh, Johnson was, uh, he was encouraged to go out and start an own church. So uh, he was a good teacher, uh, really felt that maybe he should have been an evangelist more than a pastor. But anyway, uh, we had a church for a short period of time. And then uh, another man came back from Rainbow Bible Institute, which was a big name, still is, but it was Everyone to go to Rama. It was just a, a, one of them schools. Brother there. Hagen was becoming very popular, nationally known, because he would be a very frequent speaker at the Full Gospel Businessmen's yeah. Association, and at that time, you know, television was was really becoming a uh, a very uh, effective tool even for the ministry, and so they would be televised. And so Brother Hagen's method of teaching and and the way he, what he taught was sweeping across the nation. So. Um, I'm glad for that because then 10 years later when I come on the scene, that was pretty much established here in, yeah, that, in was, this area yeah. already. That was and the, the gentleman he's talking about was the pastor that I got saved under. Yeah. Um, and so there was a framework already in this area by the time I got, you know, by the time I came to the Lord and was born again, so I could step right into mm -hmm. that. And, and thank God, thank God mm -hmm. for, for the word of faith. Thank God for that that movement that had started already that really affected this area a lot. So you could say, I mean, Pastor Joey is here right now today as a result of pioneers. Pastor mm -hmm. Joe is here today as a result of pioneers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I can say with 100% certainty, I, I'm here today following the, uh, the plan of God for my life as a result of pioneers. For those of you watching at home and listening, 
you're here today as a result of pioneers. Exactly. So let's right. talk about that. Why, exactly. does, why does the church need pioneers? The church. Why, need, why does the world need the church to have pioneers? Today? Well, especially in the, in this time period that we're in right now. Let's start there and then go backwards. Most Christians have no concept of understanding that what has taken place in the past year or two, especially in the past year, has been not an interruption, but a complete disruption. Mm -hmm. And so I know that the popular thing right now would be to just sit on our hands and wait for things to go back to normal. There is no going back to normal. Uh, this whole, our society has been majorly impacted mm -hmm. with uh, through isolation, through the quarantine, through the lockdowns, through all the political upheaval, the division, the strife, the, the just the craziness that's gone on. I don't know what other word to use with craziness. Yeah. And so if we sit here, if the church sits here and goes, well, someday it's gonna go, everything's gonna be normal. No, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. It's not supposed to happen because everybody got too settled in the way you did things. And now that's been completely ripped out from underneath us. And thank God, thank God. So now a new generation of pioneers, and that doesn't necessarily mean that um, it has to be from with outside the church. The church is a very necessary thing. God oh, yeah. believed that the church was essential from day one. Yeah. And Jesus said the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. Amen. And I Amen. believe that. We stand on that. The church provides stability. The church provides security. The church provides the framework in which a person can come from the world, come into the kingdom of God, and be surrounded by groups of individuals, a network of support that crosses age barriers, it crosses color barriers, it crosses uh, all kinds. There's no, there's no barriers in the kingdom of God. There should That's not good. be anyway. Last year, especially was a year of barriers, barriers felt like. Barriers, mm. because the enemy loves barriers. Mm. That's right. The enemy, lo religion loves barriers. Yeah. God does not want barriers. So now we're saying about pioneering again. Now there needs to be a, a remnant of individuals, and it always usually is a remnant that God uses, that steps forward and says, okay, we're gonna continue doing what we're doing. We're not gonna, we're not gonna stop preaching the gospel. Right. We're not gonna stop reaching people. We're not gonna stop caring for, for the needy. We're not gonna stop following the Holy Ghost of all things. And so we need pioneers again because we, our human nature tends to fall into comfort zones. And so we want to just sit here and make believe nothing's going on outside of the, our four walls yeah. and that everything is, you know, we could still keep doing and keep thinking and keep acting the way we were. And we're not. It's a different season. It's a different season of life. But we're doing the same thing. Now, you mentioned something in the beginning when we started talking about how many people feel like they're just going through the motions. Okay, that frustration, that sense of uncertainty is the identifying mark of transition. All throughout the scriptures, you see transitional wow. periods of time, okay? You see, the people came out of Egypt, right? Moses leads his people out of Egypt, God's people out of Egypt. And there's 40 years of turmoil. Yeah. Right. They don't know where to go. They don't right. know if they wanna go. They don't know if they can trust this guy. Moses, mm -hmm. they miss Egypt, they hated Egypt. Yeah. Okay, it's a time of a lot of uncertainty. And you see it all throughout the scriptures. Yeah. Even when the early church started, they're pioneers, okay? The disciples are the first pioneers of the early church, okay? But there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of turmoil. There were a lot of persecution. Uh, there was a lot of, are we doing the right thing? Should we go back to being uh, in the temple and just go back to being 
uh, completely uh, involved in Judaism. So there was a turmoil, time of turmoil, and it always lasted about 40 years. Well, 1967, when Jerusalem was recaptured, it started the timetable for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. We're in that transition period right now. People want to go back to stability of the old days. There, there was no stability back then either. It was just you didn't realize you were in a different time of transition. Right now, we are transitioning and preparing for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter yeah. what anybody yeah. says. That is the time we are in, and that's why there's so much uncertainty. And that's why we've got to have a pioneering spirit that we're willing to. We know what we preach. We know what we believe. We know the voice of the Holy Ghost. But... Interestingly enough, we've talked about this before, Matthew 28. God gave us the mission, but you notice he never told them how to do it. He didn't say this is exactly how you're going to do it. Why? Because in every generation, the gospel needs to be presented in a fresh way. Not, yeah. not yeah. watering down the gospel by no means. Not lessening the importance of the principles yeah. of the word of God, but presenting it in such a way that it's relative and relevant to the generation that we're in right now. Yeah, you know, and we, we talked about this, what, what Pastor Joe was talking about right now, we had a little pre-show discussion about this. And it's like, God puts the mission in our hands. and We put the method in his hands. God puts the mission in our hands. We put the method in his hands. And when we put the method in, in his hands, it's up to us to keep discovering the method. Because when the, me when the method is, on, is in our hands, then the method may never change. I mean, if the method has always been in our hands, would we be doing any of this? Would, would we be talking to a camera right now? No, this would have been unheard of 10 years ago. Hmm. Right. Unheard of. We would have never thought. And if somebody suggested, we went, that's not going to work. That's not, that's not how we do things. Yeah. Right. And that's why every movement needs to be reignited. But it, there'll always be the church. And it will always be Amen. based in the church because that is the way Jesus, uh, he prescribed for us to handle it this way. We are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the ones that are called out of the world. So it's not just like specific, it's not just like pastors or, or like big leaders that are supposed to have this pioneering spirit. spirit. No, not at all. It, it has to be in, in every yeah. person. We're all the church. So the people who are worshiping us with us at home or listening, they have the pioneering spirit. They, if they don't, they need to believe God for it right? Amen. because it's the spirit of the martyr. It's the spirit of the pioneer that's going to take the sword of the spirit in hand and they're going to use the word of God and they're going to go defeat the enemy. Many people, we, 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 we have our pet scriptures that we love to, to stick to, but the identifying mark of the church that Jesus gave, okay, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So the identifying mark of the church, according to Lord Jesus Christ, is supposed to be the governing ruling authority on the earth that rules and reigns in the spirit that is calling the shots behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's where the biggest warfare is right now and has been for a number of years. Yeah. is to shut the church's mouth, to shut the church down, to even people, people within the body of Christ lessening and diminishing the importance of the church. That, that message is not from God, okay? Jesus called the church into existence. Now, the early church were pioneers. We agree on that, right? Yeah. yeah. You Definitely. were among the pioneers that brought the charismatic and the word of faith movement 
You were amongst yeah, those people. More, more, yeah. But for us to go back to what it was like in the 70s and yeah. 80s, doesn't make any sense. No, no. That was kindergarten for this area. Exactly. The early church, the book of Acts, was kindergarten. Brother Hagen used to teach us that when we were in school. Yeah. He said, for you to want to go back to the book of Acts, it's like you want to go back mm. to kindergarten or nursery school. Sure. We're not supposed to go back. We're no. supposed to go forward from this yeah. point. And learn from them. And learn. And now we preach the same word. We preach the same gospel. We operate and function under the same Holy Spirit. But we don't go yeah. back to say, well, we have to go back to the way it was. No, no, no. And, and truthfully, uh, what's developed in my heart, I don't have any sense. I'm talking about for us here in yeah. our church. Mm -hmm. I don't carry any sense that we've been doing this for 23 years. To me, always. it's always fresh. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm always looking forward. I'm not looking back and looking back and looking back and back. Now, I also acknowledge the fact that we are where we are because we're on the shoulders. We stand on the shoulders of the ones that went before us. Yeah. And, that, and that's why we've always had a great respect for yeah. this man because he formulated his life based on the men and women of God that the Lord put in his life. Huh. Whether he knew them in person or whether you studied in books. Them, yeah. 20th studied century after church, him. we thought. Exactly, that we, teach a, we teach a course here, 20th Century Church, which is gonna come out in our Bible school now that we launch uh, in March. Uh, it's very important for us to know that because yeah. we can learn from those who went on before us. Okay, my goal when I first, you know, uh, became friends with Pastor Joy, uh, he was he was there the night that I got born again. Yeah. You know, there was a group yeah. of individuals, many of which have done major things in this area that I looked up to, that I would learn from them. I looked at them as the pioneers that went before me. Mm -hmm. uh, but like your life, you had some major people that impacted you. Talk about Oral Roberts. Yeah, Oral Roberts. We were watching him since we were uh, maybe. 10, 11 years old. The whole family was sitting but around you saw the on miracles. Sunday. Yes, we saw yeah. them. You saw the miracles. Not only that, we went to a, uh, one of his crusades in Floyd Bennett Field in Long Island. And uh, before we went, we had lunch. And my father, he was just naturally bold, but when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was very bold. We're in a restaurant, in the center of the restaurant. My father says, wait, before we eat, we got to pray. And he didn't pray like, you know, a little soft prayer. He was loud. I was so embarrassed at that time. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was proud of him at the same time. I was a little bit embarrassed because I think everyone in the whole restaurant heard him. So anyway, we went to the, the crusade, and it was just awesome to see someone you see on TV uh, in this huge tent. It must hold about 15,000 uh, people or more. And it was just incredible to see this guy mm -hmm. praying for people. So, and getting so healed. he made an impact on your life. Definitely. Then you had others like Brother Hagen. Oh, Brother Hagen. His yeah. teaching impacted your life. The, the first teaching Impact, ever, impacted my life. The yeah. first Christian book I ever bought was Brother Hagen's book, The Name of Jesus. Yeah, oh, awesome okay. book. But there were other people, too. Yes. That Smith Wigglesworth. Life. Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he passed away in 1947. So imagine how many people have been influenced from his life since then. Yeah. And, uh, and also Miles Monroe. Miles Monroe. Been a major, major. Great, great man of God. Full of wisdom, this man. Uh, Pastor Joe gave me, I was just telling him this morning, he gave me two pieces of paper. It's, it's all about uh, exploring your potential. And the whole thing was about potential. It was the most awesome thing I ever read. I've given this so many people. I always got tremendous feedback from them. Where the reason I bring this? him up, the reason I bring him up is because Miles Monroe, who went home to be with the Lord in a tragic accident a few years ago, um, he had a grasp on something that the church needs to hear today if mm. we're going to be pioneers again. Yeah. Okay. 
I'll never forget listening to him one time on TV, and he was making a statement that here in America, because we uh, pulled away from England and became a constitutional republic, which I pray God that it stays that way, yeah. okay? So we didn't have an understanding, especially now, I mean, two centuries later, our nation, our society doesn't have an understanding of what it's like to live under a monarchy, right. okay? But he did. He came from uh, a former colony of the, of the British Empire. So he talked about how they had uh, their understanding, their day in and day out life was saturated by the idea that they lived in a kingdom. Now that's the difference between the born again Christian, the follower of Christ, and the person that lives in the world. Yeah. We live in a kingdom. In that kingdom, the king calls the shots. Now, you may have some say in some things, but it's the king who has the final say. And those that are delegated by the king have delegated authority that they can operate in. Yeah. And they're the ones that call the shots. And that concept has got to return front and center within the church. So, so what, what would you say to somebody right now uh, kind of preach to the people. And I want to hear both of you guys' response to this. To that person who feels like they're going through emotions in life, to that person who does, who, you don't feel like you have a mission in, in the forefront of your mind. You don't really feel like that there's, there's like a target you need to reach. What would you say to that person? As, as a newcomer to the church? A newcomer, long-comer. just meet someplace? Any, anybody. Yeah. I would say the most important thing they could do is get born again absolutely because that's what will take you into heaven that's your yeah. ticket to heaven basically and if you don't have that you're not going up you're going down and you don't want to go down uh it's very important it's extremely important and i never realized i did realize but not as strong as after my my wife passed away the reality hit me real hard i i had my wife and then she was gone 50 years i know a wonderful woman Great, great mother, great, yeah, she was. great wife, great everything. And uh, I missed her. But I knew one thing. When Pastor Joy asked me, would you like to go into the pantry and uh, pray for people? I, I, that was an opportunity because I figured the most important thing we do over there is pray and uh, explain to them about God's kingdom, Salvation, about getting born yeah. again so they can get born again. And uh, I love that. I mean, I just enjoy that so much. And uh, I, I, if I, had, I was meeting with a group of men in... Uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts on 88, and uh, one of them we got on fire for God, and the other two, they changed. Their, their, their attitude changed because there was an influence there which happened to be me. And how I, I did this, I went in to get a cup of coffee one day, and there was about four or five men sitting down, and one lady. And as soon as I put my hand on the door to leave, they said, go talk to them men. That's all he said. And I knew exactly what he meant. Tell them about me, you know, how to get born again. And that's what I did. I, I spent a lot. I didn't tell them the first time I was there, but after a while, they asked me what I did. You, you know? build a relationship. Yeah, yeah. build a relationship first because you can't hit someone over the head with the Bible and think they're going to get born again just like that because you say so. No, you have to build confidence in them. You know, you have to, yeah. you know, to be a person that they trust, that you have integrity. Yeah. And that's that's what I enjoy the most is just, yeah. you know, talking to people. And that's again, that's the most important yeah. message right now. Yes, uh, salvation is the most salvation important. is the most important message to those that are already in the kingdom of God yeah. in the family of God. I would say, uh, you know, they're already born again. 
I would say it's great. You know, it's good that you you belong to Jesus now. He's living in you, but pursue the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pursue the Holy Spirit. I think okay. that's what makes the difference between a person right. who's going to either stagnate and just sit on their hands and wait for something to come back that's not coming back and the difference between the person who's like, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. We know what we're dealing with now. We know how much the enemy hates us. We know that we're in a society that is filled with confusion and contradiction. How do I live from this point forward? And it's got to be complete dependence on the, the Holy yeah. Spirit, complete dependence on God. Um, I think sacrifice too. Sacrifice, yeah, yeah which, is, which is a message that disappeared in the church yeah. in the past couple of decades. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. something that was very, very... Uh, dominant in the messages. It's not about you. This life is not about us. We're yeah. going to pass off this scene quickly. Yeah. But what is the mark that we're going to leave behind? And I would say pursue the Holy Spirit. When I say pursue the Holy Spirit, I'm not just saying pursue the Holy Spirit and His indwelling presence, but pursue the power of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us, yeah. that equips us for this planet. I mean, mm -hmm. the Spirit of God showed me this revelation a few years ago. Salvation prepares us for heaven. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit prepares us for earth. Amen. That's, That's why Jesus said to the disciples, don't leave this place. They were born again. He said, don't leave. Don't do anything. Don't, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of my father. Amen. They were not equipped for service on the earth. And the average Christian today that does not pursue the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, uh, the doorway into the supernatural and the gifts of the Spirit, Amen. you're going to go to heaven, but you're going to live your life frustrated here on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so that's the message I believe that's the yeah. most important. That's where the pioneers are going to come from. Yeah. And the reason why I asked the new that, pioneers. Yeah, the reason I asked that is because you know yesterday we had a Bible study for, here for men. We have every Tuesday a men's Bible study, and, and we were talking about uh, things of the kingdom of God, and we talked about this idea of it costs us nothing to get into the kingdom, right? You talk about you know salvation, right? But to get the kingdom in us. To have the kingdom wor working in us, that costs us everything. Would you say that? Absolutely. That, 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 ca that causes us to have the, the spirit of the pioneer working in our, right. in our lives. Right. There's so a price to pay. Yep. There's a price to pay. Yep. Um, it's, it's kind of a wrap-up question. In one word, one word, okay? What would this world look like if... All of a sudden, many, many, many more members of, of the body of Christ just had this spirit of, of the pioneer. What would it look like if, if those watching uh, or listening on their own who didn't have that spirit of the pioneer, if they all of a sudden just let that spirit of the pioneer rise up? One word, what would this world look like? Newness of life. I'd say kingdom. Okay. New. Kingdom. Mm. Kingdom. That you're talking about the manifestation of the kingdom of God on the earth. So I would say kingdom is the one word. Wow. And that's important. It's extremely important. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when we have Sunday services or, or, or Saturday night services, whenever you come to church, when, when we see things happen, like, like uh, moves of the Holy Spirit and somebody gets healed of some sickness or something, that's the kingdom that's of God. That's the kingdom manifesting. Yeah. Or when somebody's life changes, when, when addiction breaks off in their life or, right. or whatever, um, miracles of financial provision, things that uh, God moving in people's lives, that's the kingdom of absolutely. God. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's gonna require that this spirit of the pioneer to, uh, yep. to rise up. Definitely. And um, yeah, I, I got a lot out of this. 
And uh, I hope those watching at home, listening, got a lot out of this. I'm inspired. I hope you're inspired. And um, Amen. yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, you have a blessed night.